Hello everyone. It is Sunday, September 11, 2016 here in the Philippines. My name is Tom Kuntz and this is episode 33 of my Snutcast. I want to recognize the 15th anniversary of the terrible events of 9-11. I hope we will never forget that freedom is not free. Today I want to talk about how being born again helps, us, helps to purify and sanctify our lives. So with that, let's get started. One of my favorite times of year is spring. There is such a newness of life, a time when things that appear to be dead miraculously spring to life. Perhaps just one more reason why spring maybe is called spring. It's also one of the reasons I love Easter. It's the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the first fruits of them that slept, the reuniting of body and spirit. It is the central theme of new life. In a talk in 2004, President Irene said something that has stuck with me. It was from a district president with whom he was serving as a counselor. This is what he said. Perhaps you remember it as well. Quote, when you meet someone, treat them as if they were in serious trouble, and you will be right more than half the time, end quote. The title of Elder Irene's talk that day was, In the Strength of the Lord. His thesis was that since almost everyone is in some sort of trouble, we all need the Lord's help to get through our challenges. Does that resonate with anyone listening to this? <laughs> I know it does with me. So why is it that we all face obstacles? Well, because as Elder Irene pointed out in his talk, they give us an opportunity to prove ourselves faithful to God. A few years ago, I read a book about near-death experiences titled Trailing Clouds of Glory by a man named Harold Whittison. This book is different because its purpose is to establish evidence of a pre-mortal rather than a post-mortal existence. While the author is an LDS psychologist and he gathered these experiences over about seven years, this is not doctrine. In many of his examples, those either remembering or seeing pre-mortal glimpses spoke of selecting their own challenges through which they could prove their faithfulness to God here on earth. In a number of examples, individuals were actually counseled to choose fewer than those they had originally wanted to accept in order to prove their faith. Again, while not doctrinal, the concept is interesting and can, I think, be helpful as we each experience our own set of trials, especially if we consider that perhaps we had a hand in selecting them. So here we are on earth. We have come here to get a body and prove our faithfulness. And the next thing you know, we find ourselves in trouble, perhaps even severely spiritually injured. And the result, well, it's a loss of light in our lives. Isn't that when we need a rebirth the most? Isn't that when we long most for our own spring, our own resurrection from the carnal to the celestial? In the April 2007 General Conference, Elder Bednar addressed this rebirth. You may all remember his talk because he talked about making pickles. Yeah, I said pickles. Maybe a bit unusual for a general conference talk, but very effective. He explained that a cucumber becomes a pickle as it is prepared and cleaned, immersed in and saturated with salt brine, and sealed in a sterilized container. He went on to say that this procedure requires time and cannot be hurried, and none of the essential steps can be ignored. 
Well, just as a cucumber must be prepared and cleaned before it can be changed into a pickle, so you and I can be prepared with the, quote, words of faith of good doctrine, end quote, and initially cleansed through the ordinances and covenants of baptism and confirmation. Once we have received these ordinances, the scripture in Alma 5.26 reminds us that there is more we need to do. This is what it says, And now behold, I say unto you, my brethren, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have failed to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can ye feel so now? You see, we may have been prepared and cleansed, and then because of these obstacles and succumbing to temptations, we may find that while we have failed to sing the song of redeeming love in the past, we may be struggling to feel so now. So what is the remedy? On January 12, 2013, Elder Ballard visited Houston and held a meeting with all stake presidencies, bishops, and elders quorum presidents. I was fortunate enough to be in attendance. Elder Ballard spoke plainly about the assault of Lucifer as he releases all of his forces in these last days. He said the world is spinning out of control and indicated the prophecies in Mormon 8 and 2 Nephi 28 are in fact playing out now. He told us that we needed to be the greatest generation of priesthood leaders ever assembled because that is what is required in these last days. He then said repeatedly, quote, If there is something in your life that is keeping you from hearing the still small voice, you need to fix it. Well, I want to pass that same advice along to each of you. If there is something, anything, in our lives that are keeping us from hearing the still small voice of the Spirit, then we need to fix it. And we need to begin that journey of fixing it right now. Well, how do we do that? How do we fix it? Well, just read Alma 36, 18, Mosiah 4, 2, and 1 Nephi 17:41. If you look up those scriptures, you will find that fixing it requires just enough faith in Heavenly Father to ask Him for help through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Once we have asked, we then need to go back to the pickle process. You see, the second step, as Elder Bednar explained, is the process of immersion and saturation of the cucumber in brine. Elder Bednar states, quote, We are immersed and saturated by being absorbed by and in the gospel of Jesus Christ by doing four things, end quote. He then explains what these four things are. One, honoring and observing the covenants into which we have entered, two, feasting upon the words of Christ, three, praying unto the Father with all the energy of heart, and four, serving God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength. Elder Bednar added, quote, The conversion described in the scriptures is mighty, not minor. A spiritual rebirth and fundamental change of what we feel and desire, what we think and do, and what we are, end quote. In a talk given at BYU titled, If Thou Endure It Well, Elder Maxwell adds that being born again is not a one-time thing. Hence, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.31 said, quote, I die daily, end quote. And by inference, he was being reborn daily. Elder Maxwell went on to say that being born again is a process of putting off the old self as one becomes a woman or a man of God, and that quick-change artists in this process are rare. He also spoke of spiritual submissiveness as one of the qualities that will rise with us in the resurrection that will give us so much advantage in the world to come. Spiritual submissiveness. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? 
Well, George Bernard Shaw said that life is not about finding yourself. It is about creating yourself. I suspect we're all familiar with Elder Packer's oft-repeated quote about doctrine and behavior. This is what he said, quote, True doctrine understood changes attitudes and behavior. The study of the doctrines of the gospel will improve behavior quicker than a study of behavior will improve behavior, end quote. But in the end, it is not behavior, actually, that we're trying to change. It is us. And we get to choose whether or not we take the next step. Well, in 2013, our stake had a youth conference with the theme titled Journey to Zion, Seeking Higher Ground. As I thought about the experiences of that conference and its theme, I recorded seven reflections that I would like to share with you that I believe had an important connection with this theme of being born again. Number one. Israel, Israel, God is calling is a favorite LDS hymn. Let me just read a few phrases from that hymn. God is calling us from lands of woe. Hear your great deliverer's voice. Now a glorious morn is breaking for the people of his choice. For your coming Lord is nigh. Mark how judgment's pointing finger justifies no vain delays. These are all great reminders and good counsel for us to answer the call to Zion, and to do so, we must be purified. Number two, getting to higher ground takes effort. Elder Worthland in the October 2005 General Conference told the story of the Mokan people who live on islands off of Thailand and Myanmar. When the powerful earthquake struck the region in December of 2004, there were over 200,000 lives lost from the tsunami, but none of them were Mokan. Why? Because the Mokan elders knew the sea. They knew how to read the signs of the coming disaster. Some of the younger generation doubted, but the elders insisted that everyone was to seek higher ground. The result? Not a single person from that Mokan tribe was lost. You see, we too can be saved from the calamities of the last days as we listen and obey our own priesthood leaders about seeking higher ground. Number three, there is great power in the temples that are in our midst. During that conference, the youth reconstructed a replica of the Houston Temple on a small rise. For the rest of the conference, the spirit of what that replica represented permeated the youth and adults in attendance. It was a powerful, powerful lesson. And because the youth had a vested interest in that temple, I mean, after all, they built it, the experience was even more powerful. Number four. The obstacles of mortality require us to work together so that no one is left behind. We are all part of God's family. We need to come together and lift and encourage each other so that we can all make spiritual progress together. Number five, there are competing voices in the world and we must listen carefully. Sometime after Joseph Smith's death, President Young reported that the martyred prophet appeared unto him and instructed, quote, tell the people to be humble and faithful and to be sure to keep the Spirit of the Lord, and it will lead them right. They can tell the Spirit of the Lord from all other spirits. It will whisper peace and joy to their souls. It will take malice, hatred, strife, and all evil from their hearts, and their whole desire will be to do good, bring forth righteousness, and build up the kingdom of God. Tell the brethren if they will follow the Spirit of the Lord, they will go right. Be sure to tell the people to keep the Spirit of the Lord, and if they will, they will find themselves just as they were organized by our Father in Heaven before they came into the world. Our Father in Heaven organized the human family, but they are all disorganized and in great confusion. End quote. 
So we must learn to listen and obey the Spirit of the Lord if we are to become sanctified and purified. It's as simple as that. Number six, others have paid a terrible price so that now we have higher ground that we can go to. Think of the sacrifice of our Savior, the martyrdoms of the apostles in the meridian of time and the murder of the prophet Joseph Smith in these last days. Sacrifice brings forth blessings both for ourselves and our posterity. It is also a very important component to sanctification. Number seven, when we are on higher ground, it is then that we have eternal perspective. We can see so much clearer and so much farther. Perspective and context gives us hope for a better tomorrow. Well, I want to end today by quoting two scriptures. The first is Doctrine and Covenants, section 90, verse 24. Quote, Search diligently, pray always, and be believing, and all things shall work together for your good, if ye walk uprightly and remember the covenant wherewith ye have covenanted one with another. End quote. The second is in Romans 8, 28. Quote, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. End quote. I hope we will all take the opportunity today to make a change, to be just a little better, or perhaps even a whole lot better, to fix anything in our lives that need fixing, to be born again and again and again, to become men and women of Christ, to be purified even as our Savior is pure. May we seek higher ground so that we might have greater eternal perspective, which I believe will lead to greater hope, greater desire, and greater courage to become more like the Savior. That concludes episode 33. Thank you so much again for listening. I hope all of us will make the purification process and being born again a conscious part of our lives as we strive to become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Until next week, keep the faith.